G'day humans, what's a good word? Chris Fundy here with Alex Freddy Williams for another edition of Wrestling Hostile. Alex, how you doing, mate? Doing good, Cobber. We've got a we've got a small month to talk about, don't we? <laughs> yeah, possibly in hindsight, we should have waited and combined July, August, and September into a single review. But um yeah, with the amount of shows that were running in August, I thought, oh, okay, we're going to get a lot more stuff in September. We'll just put this one out early. <laughs> How wrong I was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but what we do get is one of the funniest names of a wrestling show I've ever seen. So the lone show we're going to be talking about today, it is Right City Wrestling presenting The Price is Fight, from the RCWHQ in Adelaide, South Australia, Australia. The price is fight. Absolutely amazing. I love it. It's so bad, but it works. Personally, I would have gone the price is right. R-I-O-T instead of R-I-G-H-T. The price is right. Yeah. Price is right. Yeah, that works so much. Yeah, that would have been good too. Um, Oh, All it needed was Larry Emdar doing the ring announcing. Man, if they could somehow, like, just, like, pay for a Larry Emdar cameo just on the big screen or something. Oh, at the start of the show. Yeah. Or just, like, every time some a wrestler was coming out, like, every time someone is making their entrance, instead of the regular ring introduction, they just say, like, uh, Baron, come on down. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I suppose before we finish talking about Rod City Wrestling, stick around because we're going to be doing a bit of a different review afterwards. So um, at the start of the show, it's announced that Mickey Fortune, the RCW Women's Champion, who's just come back from a year-long injury, is unclear to compete tonight, so there is no women's wrestling tonight. Yeah, uh, the crowd, st- a few members of the crowd started chanting refund. Yeah, quite <laughs> loud and audible enough to hear on the VOD. Yeah, um, and the announcer sort of just had to shrug it off. And then there was also announced that Mike Boomer's match was um, changed as he's at home attending to an ill family member. Yeah, that didn't get, like, as negative of a reaction because in 2020, looking after sick family is quite admirable. But, geez, they were ruthless on Mickey Fortune's injury. Off the top of my head, I think she came back for the return show against Tony Toro for that mixed tag match that sort of was what it was, where she recaptured the Riot City Women's Championship. And then she had a singles non-title match last month. I think Mickey Fortune's like a fantastic wrestler, but I think it might be time to take the belt off her because, unfortunately, she just keeps getting injured. It's not good timing, unfortunately. She was supposed to be back in late March, and then everything happened and she came back early August. Yeah. Yeah, so with those being addressed, I suppose we can move on to the matches themselves. The results were first match, a tag team match. The team of Flips and Fist, Jensen Hunt and Kit Condor defeated the team of 
Brandon Black and Katie Trey in around 11 minutes. Uh, I didn't think much of this match, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a fun opener. Um, pretty much was what it was. The team name of Flips and Fists. Yeah, as soon as I hear that name, I'm just going to think of one team. I'm sorry. Yeah, even if like that team, uh, no Flips, just Fists. This name is just like, it just screams like, Reject shop, like, knockoff brand sort of team naming, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, sort of, yeah, a, a good way of putting it, because if your team name is is this, like, it's nothing against the two wrestlers in the team. It's just as soon as I heard this name, that's all I was thinking in the back of my head, like, oh, what are the Revival up to? I mean, the mechanics. I mean, Fear the yeah. Revelation. I mean, FTR. <laughs> Yeah, or like, it'd be like if someone came out and like they had a tag team called The Bottom Line. You're obviously going to think in a wrestling context, Steve Austin. Like, you've just pretty much, I'm not in any way comparing the revival to Steve Austin, but their catchphrase is quite well known because it was quite a creative catchphrase. And yeah, you sort of just taking the attention away from yourself with this team name, to be honest. Yeah, I sort of have to agree there. I thought it was a good match um, yourself. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good match, man. Um, it, it was a good opener. Like, by the end of the night, I completely forgot all about it, to be honest. But, yeah, I think uh, Jensen Hunt and Kit Condor are very, very good. But, yeah, like I said, the team name needs to change. Why not Condor Hunt? <laughs> yeah, okay. Insert that thing of Marge going, why not Ghost Mutt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that being said, in my terrible segues this week, let's go <laughs> down to uh, match number two, a singles match, Baron versus the Antivirus. Um, I don't know if it was you, but... I sort of noticed they toned down a lot of Baron's strobe lightiness for this entrance. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, I actually thought his entrance was much better. Yeah, I have to agree there as well. Um, sort of your typical Baron match goes around four minutes with him getting the win over the antivirus. A lot of the Baron matches are sort of quick with the smaller men trying to outspeed, outmaneuver Baron. It's it's like a ninety seven ninety eight Kane squash match. It's exactly what he does. He does ninety seven ninety eight Kane, like even with the head tilt when someone like stares at him and like, yeah, even the way he pins after the tombstone, like it's ninety seven ninety eight Kane. Yeah, I have to agree, especially his look. Uh it it sort of makes me think of like a. Hillbilly Kane, which would be a fantastic evolution of the Kane character. Did you say Hillbilly Jim? No, no, no. Um, rumor has it that Hillbilly Jim's still doing his Hall of Fame speech. It's still going on, but um, yeah, it just makes me think of like if corporate Kane like failed in the corporate world and then had just ended up moving to a farm in the country and he just became a hillbilly cane. 
like with overalls and the mask and stuff, that's barren. Why didn't they do that when they had um, Team Hell No? Like Daniel Bryan tried to convert him to being a vegan. Oh, man, that'd be perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so I enjoyed the Baron match a lot more this week. Like, the strobe lightiness was turned down a lot for his entrance. Going on yeah. from there, we... Um, Go on. So, did you notice anything with the finish of this match? Oh, boy. Um, I'll let you explain this one because I almost forgot again. Yeah. Um, so... Baron's pitting antivirus, and the referee is faced exactly the opposite of what uh, direction away from Baron. So he's not even looking at the pinfall when he counts to three. He's not even looking at the shoulders, not even looking at the two wrestlers. He's just counting the three, just like, like his head is facing the opposite direction from the pinfall. It was just just dumb, really. Yeah, I sort of have to agree there. Um, yeah, I've sort of complained a bit about the refs in RCW. Them either looking at the pin and not counting to go deal with a manager on the apron, walking around the pinfall attempt, or an example yeah. of this is not looking at the pin but counting is uh, sort of a nitpick of mine. <laughs> yeah, and like... I don't really pay as much attention to the refs as you do, or, like, I don't really pay as much attention to, like, uh, upholding the rules and all that sort of stuff as you do, but this one was just super noticeable. Yeah. So from there, we had a short in-ring segment where Savannah Summers, the general manager, comes out and announces she is uh, leaving the general manager role of Wright City Wrestling. They might have realised that they might need to stack up their women's division a bit. Yeah, that's sort of what I was thinking as well. Yeah, with Mickey Fortune going out, yeah, they might need to beef up their women's division a bit, add a few more numbers into the division. Yeah, yeah. It would have been good if, like, Savannah just had a match on this card, to be honest, against, like, an Izzy Shaw or something. But maybe you want to save that down the road. Yeah, that's sort of what I was thinking here as soon as she came out. I'm like, you had a women's match announced and you've got Savannah on the show and Mickey's not there. Why not just put Savannah in an impromptu match? Yeah. Like, even if you'd just, like, got, like, a trainee female or something, just let him get squashed by Savannah, remind everyone what she can do in the ring. Yeah, and then say she's leaving the... um. Cuts like the same sort of post-match speech afterwards saying, I'm no longer the Wright City general manager. As of tonight, I'm an active competitor again. Like, this whole in-ring promo could have been done in about 30 seconds in a, like, pre-tape backstage thing, to be honest. And, again, there's a couple of other wrestling companies within the greater Adelaide City that I'm sure they could have lent out one of their women for the night in a um, sort of a squash match. Yeah, definitely. I think you forgot to bring up, in between the first two matches, there was a... Oh, it was a Jed Armstrong promo, and then Rocky Monero and Tyler Daniels come out, and then it's pretty much announced that all of Rocky Monero's matches from now on will have the instant replay rule, where 
the opponent, if they feel like they've been screwed by Rocky, can throw to an instant replay once in the match. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they sort of implement it going forward. But um, I think, yeah, it's sort of the next evolution in this um, Rocky's title run where he's champion for, I think, over 500 days now. Yeah, he is. And, um, man, I, I don't want it to end, to be honest. I love him. I think he's fantastic. Um, and this one-and-done rule... This one and done rules just amazing. Uh, heads up, I'm about to steal it on Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. <laughs> um, I just love it so much. Um, also, like this whole instant replay rule that they're going to bring in, uh, I found it really interesting that they emphasized like it's only one instant replay per match. So there's still ways the heels could sort of muck around and like screw people over with that. It's like in cricket with the um, captain's challenge, how you get two reviews. Yeah. And then if you lose your review, your review's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I don't know if RCW actually has the technical capabilities of being able to pull off an instant replay, though. Just from everything I've seen from them so far, like it takes them a week to put up their show. So how are they going to do an instant replay? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I hadn't thought of, um, do they have like a separate cameraman out there just for the purposes of taping for an instant replay? And that's the only angle they use if they need to go to it straight away. Or maybe they just have, like, some guy holding a camera and then that person holding the camera, like, just hands the camera to the referee and you don't actually even see the instant replay. The referee just looks at the camera through the viewfinder and on the replay. I like how in the um, the NFL over in America they look in the um, referee's tent at the replay so it's not shown on the big big screen. But yeah. It's they... shown on the big screen. <laughs> Yeah, they could do something like that. There's ways to gimmick it, I guess. But yeah, it just sort of got me wondering, like maybe they're they're going to up their production value soon, which would be fantastic for my complaints. So match number three of the night was Tony Toro defeating Zach Sabbath in about seven minutes after he cheated to win because Nick Armstrong was on the outside. And following that immediately after, Nick Armstrong and Zach Sabbath have a match where Nick Armstrong gets a win in around six minutes, defeating Zach Sabbath again by nefarious means. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it. Yeah. I, I'm slowly like starting to educate myself on how good Zach Sabbath is. Like I, I wasn't too familiar with his work before this podcast, but yeah, I'm really starting to dig him. Yeah, I have to agree completely. Like, I've really been enjoying his work a lot recently. Um, and also putting him as, like, the sympathetic babyface, his tag team partner's not there this week. He's got to go up against these two guys in back-to-back matches where he loses the first one. Then he's worn down against a fresh opponent who cheats to win. So makes you feel sorry for the guy. It's a really good, um, good effort there. Yeah, definitely. Co-main event of the night was a singles match. 
Havoc versus Down Under goes about 12 minutes. Benjamin Rosenfall isn't allowed to be at ringside as he signed a one-night exclusive commentator's deal. But he gets up from ringside, carries a mic down to do a ringside interview with Down Under during the match, which leads to Havoc capitalising on the destruction to get the victory here. Yeah, um, man, uh, if this was in the G1, people would be complaining about how bad this was. Because, like, just before I watched this, I watched, like, a night of the G1, and, like, I got some Bullet Club shenanigans, and then I watched this, and I was like, wow, this is exactly Bullet Club shenanigans right here. Um, honestly, I didn't mind it. Um, I really liked Down Under. Uh, I really liked Down Under, like... His whole look, he's huge. He's got the mullet and all that sort of stuff. Like, I, I really like him. I want to see more of him. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoy his um his work that I've seen in Wright City this past year. Yeah, definitely. And um, Havoc, Havoc is slowly starting to win me over. At first, I thought, oh, it's just a typical sort of veteran, just like slow plotting sort of match. But... Yeah, he's actually quite entertaining, and his match with Adam Brooks sort of won me over a little bit, and this one was a really good match too. Uh, the shenanigans were what they were, though, and then it was sort of a, soured me a little bit. Yeah, I still enjoyed the match because it is what it is. You, are <laughs> It is a complete disservice if you're trying to compare this to a um, G1 match. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I was just saying, it just gave me, like, Jay White and Gato, Evil and Togo, like, Kenta and Jado sort of flashbacks here. Yeah. Um, so following that, there's an in-ring segment where Brooksy comes down to confront Havoc. Do you have any notes on that? Uh, I thought I was watching a replay from, like, from like three or four shows ago, because this seemed like the exact same segment they already did. Yeah, I sort of had the same thing around down here, and I'm like, didn't you lose last month? Yeah. Like, the only difference here is that Havoc and Rosenthal get to pick the stipulation for the match. But this was like the exact same thing. Like, oh, yeah, no one can beat us, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Adam Brooks has come out. Challenges. Havoc to a match. It's the exact same thing, except this time around there wasn't that big of a pop because it wasn't a surprise. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree there as well. Match number six and your main event, a tag team match for the RCW Tag Team Championships. It is the champions world-class egos, Chris Basso and Matt Hayter versus the challengers, the Perea. Eli Ferios and Gabriel Eros. And before this match even begins, it's announced RCW relaxed rules. I 100% love this. It explains all the problems I've had with previous RCW tag matches. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do they say? Uh, playoff discretion, as they say in the NBA. Um, yeah, I, I like this. It. It covers their asses a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And like they were saying, the referee's going to have a lot more discretion in this championship match, which, again, it really 
helps when you explain these little things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought this was a really good match, good back and forth. In the end, the Pariah have the numbers and get the pinfall victory after around 15 minutes, meaning they are the new RCW Tag Team Champions for a third time. Yeah, I loved this match. This was such a good main event. I love both of these teams. I love the shenanigans at the start with, um, uh, what's his face, Corviday. Oh, when he's setting up the little splash pool with the little balls in it, and they yeah. go and start popping the pool and popping the pool floaties and tell him to get out. Yeah, and I love class, that. World-class egos who came up dressed up as like an old Lebanese couple the previous month to anger the pariah come out dressed up as lifesavers this month. Yeah, they were, they came out to the Baywatch theme song and everything. Oh, yeah. whilst Corvidae sort of just like laid out on his butt in this like uh this little pool, this little kiddie pool. It worked perfectly. Um yeah, so from there this closing angle for the show where the family are standing tall. Rocky Monero has the brass knuckles laying out world-class egos. I love this. Oh, yeah. It's it's heat, brother. It's heat. Um, I forgot to mention earlier, uh, Rocky Monero, like, laid out Jed Armstrong earlier on in the show, and then uh, Feed Me More Redshaw comes out. And like makes a save, then we get a similar thing here as well. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did commentary at any stage mention uh, Bill Redshaw's past? No, but they have in previous months. So it's good they're moving away from that at least. Yeah, like. I don't think it does him any favours to mention that he used to be a referee. No, when you look at the size of the guy and he's not... And he's not injured. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I suppose we should move into our uh, closing thoughts for the show and then give it a beer rating. Yeah, yeah, um... I thought this was a very average show with a very good main event. Oh, really? Uh, I thought this, like, this show had a purpose of building up to future shows, which I think it did very well. But, like, as a standalone show, is this show worth going to check out? And I would say no. Um... I'd say, yeah. Like, yeah, go check out the tag title main event. But... Um, I enjoyed the Zack Sabbath stuff. I enjoyed the opening tag. The Havoc Down Under match was fun for what it was. And yeah, the main event especially. Do you have any other quick thoughts before I give out a beer rating? No, um, I might as well give out mine then. Um, I, I thought, like I said, I thought it was an average show, but average isn't bad by any stretch. Like, the match quality was pretty good. 
the storytelling was definitely there, which I appreciate. Um, I gave it a three and a half out of six. Very good. Um, yeah, so as I said, I really enjoyed, especially the closing angle with the family in the main event. Um, I'm sure Alex will have complaints about the RCW arena setup, but my sole complaint this month was the lack of a women's match. Like, book multiple women, so if someone is injured or ill, you can rebook into a freeway or a four-way or a singles elimination or a gauntlet or something. Yeah, and also, like, when did Mickey Fortune get injured? Like, we don't know that, so, like, but, like, surely she didn't get injured, like, that day, right? Like, surely you got a bit of time to work something else, something else out. Yeah, well, if it was wrestling-related, it would have been the last event if it was something, God forbid, at home, like... Or was, like, working out pulled something while working out who knows yeah you're not going to know about that until that happens but um yeah if you have more than one woman's match on a card you can rebook your way around it if you're not going to do uh full intergender wrestling yeah um, to be fair rcw does not have a very deep women's division at all i can like name like well now i can name like three women the thing is, though, to say, oh, like, we don't have a deep, deep women's division, you're not running every week, every, like, three times a week, like a WWE or an AEW. You're running once, maybe twice a month, so you should be able to put on at least two women's matches a month. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That being said, I enjoyed the majority of the show they put on, so I gave it four beers this month. Yeah, very good. Um, um, I can't stress enough how much I love that main event and I loved everything afterwards. Yeah, I was going to give it a five, but my yeah, my lone complaint, especially after everything that's happened early in the year, for there to be no women's match. And this is the second time we've seen this from a South Australian company. If you remember yeah. earlier in the year, Steph DeLander flew over to Wrestle Rampage for a women's match and had that weird segment where she beat down the Wrestle Rampage dojo trainees and left. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, come on, guys. If you're going to do this where you're not doing intergender, at least book a couple of women or even book, like, a emergency, like, benched, replacement if someone gets injured so then they're there on the day to go if you need them yeah i i think there just isn't that many women wrestlers in south australia or, or at least based in south australia i think they just have a real lack of depth like both of the major companies in south australia yeah that's a fair point too yeah, so moving on from the negatives, would you like to go to a male wrestler of the month? Then we can read out some of the events coming out in October. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, can I bend the rule for male wrestler of the month? I don't know. It depends how far you want to go. Uh, no, nah, I'm just going to say my male wrestler of the month is two males. It is a tag team. It's the Pereira. That's completely acceptable. I think that's a really good choice. Yeah, they're fantastic. One of the best tag teams in Australia. 
Uh, slightly off topic, but did you say a lot of the discourse on Twitter this week between a lot of the Australian wrestlers about the best tag team in Australia? No, I did not. You know I don't get on Twitter that much in my free time. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. Uh, it's probably why you're a much more positive person than me half the time. Um, but Matty Wahlberg like, retweeted like a promo from the Velocities and he pretty much said, yeah, this. I just need to remind these guys that they're the best tag team in Australia. Davis Storm replies with, um, oh, I didn't realise Marcus Pitt and Damien Slater aren't tagging anymore. <laughs> and then, like, uh, the Brat Pack get involved. It was like, oh, come on, Bruzzies, you're forgetting about us. And then Rocky Monero gets in there. He's like, uh, best tag team in Australia, the Pereira would like to have a word with you guys about that. And then, like, just this whole back and forth, like, like top guys from each state, like, hyping up the top tag team from their state and, like, getting in arguments with each other. It ended up being more of a feud between, like, Davis Storm, Matty Wahlberg, and, like, Rocky Monero, like, arguing about who's better out of the Velocities, the Untouchables, and, and the Pereira. And... <laughs> And it pretty much just ended with, like, Jude the Dude London just being like, uh, does anyone want to book an Australian tag tournament, please? Can we just settle this? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it was just, like, this whole thing. And, like, yeah, the Brat Pack were getting in on it. Uh, the Brat Pack, <laughs> Nick Berry spoke up, said something, and then Matty Wahlberg just goes, Ah, uh, you guys aren't worth talking to. You you're not even allowed to train at the moment. <laughs> oh. And um, um Nick, Nick Berry replies with the uh, Homer Simpson walking backwards into a hedge gif. Oh man. I gotta say, <laughs> poor old AWL in Queensland with um strong ninety four big contenders for my sort of Best couple of tag teams in Australia. Yeah. The uh, Lynx Lewis Jr. and Renegade, they reunited at that Wrestling for Relief show back in January. But yeah, what do you say? Brat Pack, Pereira, Untouchables. And the Velocities. Velocities. Yeah. You, you could probably chuck like a few more tags in there. Like, um, well, you could definitely chuck world class egos in there. And um, when they're healthy, gods and monsters and prehistoric death cult when they well, still occasionally say, tag. It's gonna say them. Um, RB4K from PCW in Melbourne. Yeah, uh, I guess the nations is in there too. Yeah, just just make it um, Moretti and Jessica Troy from the nations though. That'd be the ideal pairing for me. Um, oh man, you could chuck heaps of people in there, like, yeah, you could just just do like uh, uh, state of origin with tag teams, a round robin series with with the best tag team from each state. 
And you can have the prehistoric death cult because they wrestle in Darwin a lot, just represent Northern Territory. Damn you, COVID. Now I really want to see that. (laughs) Yeah, it was just like a massive discussion. And and then it was funny, like a couple of days later, Damien Slater just tweets out, I don't jump on Twitter often, but why do I have 250 notifications about a fake tag team tournament? (laughs) (laughs) oh man gee like i'm just trying to think now what promotion could do that i'd like epw probably to do that this is why australian wrestling needs an overseeing like governing body uh maybe yeah like a old school nwa there's uh, all these little branches. It'd be cool already... if we had that. Oh, was it JXT's podcast where he was talking to one of the wrestlers of yesteryear, and I'm completely blanking on the name, how they set up. Was it Lobo? It might have been how he was talking about setting up PWA in Melbourne. Then there was the offshoot to Canberra, to Sydney, to Brisbane. Yeah. And how it was supposed to be like a... um national promotion and each state had its own territory system but there was supposed to be one national champion yeah that would have been cool if that stuck around but um yeah anyway tag team tournaments jeez because pwa already has coliseum i'd really like it if mcw girl brought back like their one night Queen of Glow tournaments. Yeah. And then you'd have, you could have EPW or Saint run a tag tournament. So each promotion has their one big tournament a year. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And you can have um, Wrestle Rampage have a host tournament. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the, the, Jonah, the Jonah Rock Memorial host tournament. <laughs> Yeah, you can't put that word in yet. <laughs> no, Jonah Rock's dead. Bronson Reed isn't. Oh man. Um <laughs> by the way, look forward looking forward to seeing him get drafted on Saturday. Ugh. Oh man. Oh yeah, that's yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, he wasn't on NXT the last couple of weeks, so that makes me really scared that he's about to go up to the main roster. I hope not. Yeah. Yeah, because you know he was, he's going to end up as Brodus Clay sooner than later. Oh, man. Anywho. Yeah. The month tag teams. Jonah Rock, uh, my choice. None of yeah, the you're month. wrestler of the month, man. Yeah, and we'll, we'll male wrestler in a little bit because, again, no women's wrestling, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um. My male wrestler was Zach Sabbath for his two back-to-back matches here. Yeah, a very good choice and very close to being my choice as well. Yeah, I thought he had a, a really good outstanding um, performance there in those two back-to-back matches, which is why I chose him. Yeah. So from there, coming out in October, we have a couple of events to look forward to at least. I'm not sure how much is going to be on VOD, but we'll try. So, 
October 10th sees three events from New South Wales, PWA, Green Label, Wristlock and Pole Drivers, which should be live on OVO play. And then in South Australia, Wright City Wrestling's Red Dawn event, which is usually available for free a few days later on YouTube. Also on the 10th, from Tasmania, Tasmanian Championship Wrestling's New Dawn, which is available a few days later on their VOD service. And at the moment, Explosive Pro Wrestling from Perth is holding their School of Professional Wrestling Showcase number 10 series over multiple nights. The two postponed events were both from New South Wales. The two nights of PWA Black Label Coliseum have been postponed as of PWA's Facebook page. Yeah, but they're already announcing competitors for the Coliseum. Have they announced a... I think three were announced before the pandemic. Has anyone else been announced since then? Uh, When was uh, Royce Chambers announced? Um, March. Oh, okay. Yeah, then don't worry about it. Because both Royce and Madison were announced back in March. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's everything from September. Unfortunately, no women's wrestling to talk about, but I suppose we're going to do like a little girls to the front segment from Aussie New Zealand wrestlers on social media talk about some of the stuff there. And also a couple of the male wrestlers. But for this, we'll be giving out our female wrestler of the month. Um, would you like to take it away, Alex, or should I? Uh, you go first. Yeah, this is probably an easy choice for me because I was a fan of hers in AWL before everything went down. She's been really big on Twitch the past couple of months. I was actually watching her play spooky games the other day. Uh, my choice is Lucille Brawl. Very good pick. Yeah, so my pick is basically just based on um, the fact that I just really enjoy following her on Twitter. She she does good comments on like watching Wrestling Live and stuff like that. She's very funny. And she's also one of the best women to have ever come out of Australia, and that is Shazza McKenzie. Yeah, really good choice there. Shazza also does her own podcasts and watch-alongs and stuff through her Patreon. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, I miss watching Shazza wrestle. Yeah, weird that everyone's sort of taking time off and you're going, oh, I miss this person wrestling. And oh, I was really looking forward to where that was going. And oh, I guess we're not going to see that now. And geez, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, it blew my mind the other day when I just re-remembered the Caveman Ugg is the MCW Intercommonwealth Champion. Oh, yeah. How weird. Oh, that's right, because he won it on the night when, um, oh, what's his name? Danny Psycho's stalker appeared. Yeah, I can't even remember his name. No offence, guys. It was the only time I've ever seen this dude, so... Because he appeared, he was in PCW. Um, nah, the name's escaping me. And I'm going to jump off the chat at the end of this show and go, oh, it was so-and-so. So my yeah. apologies. Like, one, we have watched so much wrestling since then, and two, it doesn't help that 
sadly that was what like maybe a three four minute video and he revealed who it was like right at the end yeah oh avery's been like mcw champion longer than steph delander now yeah 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 it's very weird um, yeah it's crazy like adam brooks has defended his mcw title more in other promotions than he has in mcw oh my god you're right yeah it's just crazy um and i i dare say we'll see brooksy defending his mcw title in riot city a few times too that was just about to ask you do you think that'll happen over there i think that'll be the stipulation that ben rosenthal chooses yeah probably won't put it past him yeah like that's the greedy heel thing to choose right yeah i suppose but would this is getting into a completely political discussion here but um would mcw allow rcw to do that well my thought would be like as long as he doesn't drop the title to havoc like what else is he going to do with the title at the moment? Yeah, that's that's pretty true. Yeah, and then, like, when MCW comes back, like, you can just be like, well, we've been away, but, like, our our champion's still been a fighting champion and blah, 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 all that sort of good stuff. Yeah, just, just sort of um, make me think, like, what other champions from promotions that are inactive at the moment are off. Uh, off in other promotions that I'd like to see sort of bring that up. Yeah. Yeah, anyone else you sort of want to shout out? Because I know there's one that you probably really want to. Uh, JXT is always a good follow on Twitter. Well, yes, of course I knew you were going to bring that up, but I was thinking (laughs) uh, another Aussie wrestler who recently got signed who you'd like to shout out. Uh, The original Fiend? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) yeah back to our discussion about using names that other people have made more popular i'm glad she dropped a fair bit of her fiend stuff anyway uh yeah kellyanne is fantastic uh watch her stuff on the ring of honor youtube channel where she's just like or she just tweets out stuff like use a hashtag say witty inspirational line please follow me sheeple and stuff like that (laughs) just like making fun of the social media stuff of this day and age i watched one of the um uh what is it the ring of honor videos and she's talking about um her being a non-conformist yeah (laughs) yeah so good biggie being the biggest non-conformist, she's not going to conform to other people's conformity or something. Come on, what? Yeah, she pretty much said that by saying you're a non-conformist, it makes you a conformist because everyone thinks they're a non-conformist. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how she's it's doing her, good. how she's doing like her AMA on the Ring of Honor channel. I think it's Alan Payne asking the questions. Yeah, it's asked. definitely him. He asks one, and she goes, that doesn't sound real. Did you put that in there? And he goes, uh, uh, someone from somewhere asked, 
booty wipe face and like completely moves on to the next question. Yeah. Also, I think I bring this up every time, but her video of when she's in Germany. Oh yeah. With Alan Payne. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Man, I hope the Ring of Honor guys are watching like the Kellyanne videos and being like, who's that other guy talking? Maybe we should look into him. Because, man, Alan Payne would be phenomenal in Ring of Honor. You put him in a... Who's the crazy dude with the dreadlocks at the moment? Um, Do you mean Delirious, the one who wears the mask, wrestles barefoot, black and green attire? No, no. uh, He used to be part of Matt Taven's group. Oh, um... Vinny. Vinny Marsalia. Yeah, and he's got, like, some new gimmick now where he's, like, a crazy boy or something. I don't know. Um, you put him and Alan Payne to- together or against each other, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be a pretty good pairing. Oh, how about yourself, mate? You got any other shout-outs? Well, I know Dakota Kai was doing Twitch, but that seems to be a whole can of worms. Yeah, um... I've I've recently like spent ten minutes watching Tyson Baxter do Twitch, if that's anything. <laughs> oh, from MCW Academy. Yeah, the oh. guy that's been graduated from MCW Academy for like two years, but they still keep saying he's from the academy. It's just you're just making him sound like a rookie. Who was Stop I watching on Twitch? Last night I was watching Jake Nova after I was watching Lucille Brawl. Oh, right. Jake Nova from um, the former AWL. Like I keep saying former because there's the rumour that it closed down and then I saw a short rumour that somebody was trying to do something with it, but nothing's been said official, so. Yeah. Oh, I miss Queensland wrestling, damn it. Yeah, well, maybe if... Queensland wrestling gets back up and running, you need to start going to some Queensland shows. There's two shows that sort of run locally near me. One's two hours north, one's two hours south. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like me. Like, like you could say, like, looking at where I am, like, oh, why don't you go to MCW shows all the time? Well, yes, I am in Victoria, but I'm still, like, Three and a half, four hours away from Melbourne. And then once you get in Melbourne, it's, what, about half an hour on the train out from the city? Yeah, yeah, it's just a complete pain in the butt. Like, I randomly went to one Mayhem Pro show just because I woke up on a Sunday and I was bored. And I drove to Melbourne just (laughs) at the drop of a dime, absolutely no preparation. And that was awesome because... That was a Sunday afternoon show. If more companies did Sunday afternoon shows, I'd probably go. Well, that's... I think the MCW girls shows were Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Like, and I think we've discussed this before, either on air or off air. Like, I think I've said to you that I felt MCW, when they did their stadium show, should have made it like a big weekend, have Wrestle Rock Friday night, have whatever you want to call your stadium show, have that a Saturday night, 
and then the Sunday afternoon going into Sunday evening, have your MCW girl show and you can sell however many tickets as a bundle pack like we've seen uh, PWA with their Coliseum and you're going to get more fans going to all three shows. Yeah. Because that Evie's Disco Diner has a very, very limited capacity. Uh, yeah. Corner Hotel, I think, might hold maybe one, maybe 200 in there once the ring's set up. Yeah. And then, yeah, if you have a stadium show, you're going to get a lot more people in for that. That's your more general show. Yeah, definitely. Oh, oh that's what we are talking about at around. When we were talking the uh, Wrestling for Relief, the baseball stadium show. Oh, yeah, that looks good. That was such a visually good-looking show. Especially and... during the day outside in great weather. Yeah. I, I, I'm really sad I couldn't go to that show. Yeah, there's so many times where I've been like, oh, I really want to go to this show. Four-hour drive. Maybe I'll catch the next one. And, like, now here we are, like, all these months without wrestling. Well, in my state, at least. And it's just like, man, I should have gone to at least one of those shows I said I'll go to some other day. I should have gone to one. Ah, when wrestling comes back, I'll go to a show immediately. And I almost guarantee... When wrestling comes back, I'll probably just be like, oh, but four-hour drive. No, I'll go to the next one. <laughs> what about, um, is it IWA? Runs in Dubbo, Bathurst? Yeah, they've come, they've come to my neck of the woods once. Did you go? Yeah, they, they did the Aubrey show. Oh, that's... Yeah, yeah. I remember what happened there now. We can talk about that another day. Yeah, uh, crowd aside, but, like, man, we got, like, Funtime Phil, JXT, The Brat Pack, Lockie Hendrix, uh, Jackson Kelly. But, like, all they were doing was, like, um, like, every... Once every hour during the duration of the show or might have been every 90 minutes they'll just do a six-man tag or something like that it wasn't a proper show it was just like yeah it was the most literal version of just being a side attraction sideshow sort of thing but those guys were having a lot of fun anyway yeah so i suppose this has sort of been a tough month one show like any other sort of wrestlers, I don't know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Patreon, either, either, and the above, you want to sort of shout out that you enjoy or think deserve a bit more exposure? Um, just like any massive wrestling fans like us out there that love Aussie wrestling, like check out wrestlermerch.com. It's pretty much pro wrestling tees, but for Australia. So you don't have to pay ridiculous shipping costs. So it's something worth checking out. I'm planning on uh, saving up a bit of cash so I can buy about a dozen shirts I want just in one big spend. Get about a dozen of 
like JXT's just been added to there, so obviously I'm going to get another JXT shirt. But like, there's some awesome stuff on there. Like, Jessica Troy sells like earrings and necklaces with arms hanging off it. It's so good. On wrestler merch. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, Hang on. I'm gonna have to have a look at that. Yeah, I'll bring it up. I'll send it to you. Bring it up. Um, yeah, there's a couple of people on here that I want to get shirts and stuff off of. It's just open up a bit of cash. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, she does have earrings on here. What the yeah, heck? Yeah, there's earrings and necklaces. Well, that certainly is different. Yeah, it's just an arm. It's so good. Uh, mine and Eliza's anniversary is on Sunday. Do you think I'd be able to get away with giving her some Jessica Troy earrings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I, I don't think she would hate him. <laughs> she, she she'd be... No, she's... Oh, no, she's seen some Ricky Sauer. She loves Ricky Sauer. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, she loves Ricky South. Like, uh, like Eliza's like full into like, I swear to God, like in another lifetime, she just was like a flamboyant gay man. So like, she just loves anything that involves like that sort of culture. So yeah. <laughs> she finds it super entertaining. Like, she, like, loves it when she can watch, like, Mardi Gras on TV and stuff like that. So she loved watching Rick South for the boys in his entrance. Yeah, that's certainly a big one, that. that yeah. Night. Man, it's, like, crazy to think if it wasn't for this pandemic, Rick South would probably be the PWA champ by now. Oh, yeah. Jeez, that is a bit... Be crazy when you think of it. Yeah, and now how can they even get their title on their shows? Isn't Ugg living in Victoria? Yeah. Just, uh, hey, Ugg, can you drive to Wodonga and just uh, get to the Wodonga side of the border? We'll meet you from the Aubrey side of the border. And just chuck the title over the border, thanks. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> Bit hard, how do they go about that? Mate, they might just have to just like vacate the title and have Ugg mail it to them. Yeah, like that is a hard one to sort of think about. Like, how do you go about that? Because isn't Melbourne still supposed to be on a form of quarantine where they're not supposed to leave? like a certain distance yeah i think so yeah yeah they're still on that like five kilometer radius thing five kilometers jesus yeah you wouldn't be able to get to work if that was your situation wasn't it um yeah i'm not that far <laughs> oh i thought you had like long ass walks to work every day and that's what and you're just a Subtly fit beast. <laughs> uh, nah, it's not that far. I think 
Why don't I walk a week at around 30Ks yeah. from work? Yeah. But no, not that far. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, like, yeah, Melbourne ain't happening anytime soon. Yeah. Damn yeah. you putting me on the wrestler merch. Now I'm on here, like, adding a bunch of stuff I don't need. <laughs> Dude, like, both of Tommy Knight's shirts on there look so cool. I'm so into it. Oh, man. How about Mayhem Pro has a store? Yeah. Well, they're, they're coming back soon, they say. I don't think it's coming back as soon as they would hope. Yeah. Well, where's JXT? I can't see him on here. Oh, he's on the front page for me. You go on the home <laughs> page. Of course he is for you. <laughs> yeah, he's on the in the featured wrestlers section. For me, it's JXT, Ben Braxton, Katie Trey, and Tommy Knight are the featured wrestlers. That's a pretty cool shirt. Which one? Katie Trey. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, Tommy Knight's shirts, I love it. They look like old school, like eighties metal album covers, like a like a ridiculous like Iron Maiden album cover. Love it. Oh, yeah. No, oh, we've gone way off track. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Podcast. Sponsor us. <laughs> so, yeah, as I was saying, um, yeah, just check out Wrestler Merch. It's pro wrestling tees for Australian wrestling fans. That's It's some, it's some very awesome stuff. I highly recommend it. Uh, MCW does a podcast now that... Their first podcast had Lockie Hendricks on it. It was pretty good, and then they started getting into kayfabe, which I don't really particularly care for on podcasts. But they have a couple of really good interviews with Slex and Adam Brooks. That's worth checking out. Uh, what about you? You got any other things to plug? Yeah, sort of a bit of a shout-out. Um yeah, a lot of the people at the former Australian Wrestling League seem to be on Twitch, so go check that out. Like Jake Nova, Lucille Brawl. Pretty sure Bobby Bishop does it as well because his whole character was sort of the retro kid. His logo looks a lot like a um, Super Mario Brothers free logo. A lot yeah. of the people over in um, EPW as well are also doing uh, gaming Twitch. Yeah. Have you heard anything more, I suppose, because I'm speaking about it and watching it so much, about Twitch with WWE? Uh, no, uh, I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. I think a few people are shutting down their Twitches. It's just pretty much a case of WWE wants money from each person's Twitch as, as long as those people are using their WWE names. I was checking out the Wrestling Observer uh, radio show from the past week with Alvarez and Sempra Bivi. They were talking about how WWE wants contracted wrestlers to pay them their Twitch money, a percentage of it, because yeah. then they're going to get paid out of it their downside guarantee. Ugh. So even if they are using their government name, their birth name, they still want to take a percentage of it. Oh, my God, that's dumb. Yep. 
Yeah, that's just greedy, unnecessary bullcrap. Same company that uh, that fired a bunch of people to prepare for a pandemic, but still ended up profiting like 40 billion bucks or something ridiculous. You want to know the stupid thing about that that I saw this week? What? They had money to go and hire a bunch of the ex-Evolve wrestlers. Yeah. To be fair, though, I don't think, like, that entire group of wrestlers would have been making combined as much as what either Luke Gallows or Carl Anderson was making. Yeah, but still, why would you fire all these top-end people to hire a bunch of rookies? And that's no discredit to anyone from Evolve. That's just the way the WWE system is set up. They're all going to spend a year or two in the PC. Because I think uh, there's about to be a bunch of NXT call-ups. So if you're going to do a bunch of NXT call-ups, you're going to need to replace those people in the system. So those people that are currently in NXT but not on TV at the moment will get put up onto TV, and then this new crop will go into NXT but not on TV and into training. Oh, man. So hopefully we can finally get Daniel Vidot on TV properly. You know the one thing I've always wanted in bloody NXT, but it's never going to happen because for whatever reason they don't trust the Aussies? Let's hope Jonah doesn't get drafted to Raw. Uh, I would see him having a lot better of a chance if he was on SmackDown. Yeah, well, that and considering how the last three Aussies are going on Raw. Hey, man, one of them's like one of the top heels in the company. <laughs> yeah, and where are the other two? Uh, um, yeah, where is Peyton and Billy? And then you speak about top heel of the company, but he's in love with this 17-year-old or something. Oh, no, I was talking oh, about Slapjack. Year old, Jesus. I was talking about Slapjack. Oh, I completely wiped my mind that he was Aussie. <laughs> yeah, I was saying Slapjack's the top heel in the company. <laughs> Technically, he kind of is part of the top heel faction, kind of. Um, but yeah, oh, I think Buddy Murphy's about um, Murphy or is it just Murphy now? It's no, just... it's the disciple Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Well, now he's not a disciple, so he's just Murphy now, I guess. Uh, give it two weeks, he'll be back to a disciple again. No way. He's he's going full baby face and it's gonna be awesome. And this thing with the Lee is much better than you give it credit for. I think it's adorable and I don't think they're actually in a relationship together. I really hope that they're just doing their they're just friends sort of thing. Maybe. Yeah, I don't trust him though. Yeah. Well, that was a fun sort of ramble at the end there. Yeah, well, there wasn't much to talk about in the month of Aussie wrestling, so we just talked about random Aussie wrestlers, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm off to buy a heap of stuff from WrestleMatch that I don't need. 
I wish they had more stickers on there because I need more stickers. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I want some more pins. I want more Aussie wrestlers to have, like, enamel pins. Because I got a pin board and I need to fill it up a bit more. <laughs> so if you're an Aussie wrestler listening to this, make some pins, you jerk. <laughs> oh. Okay. Let me see. Who would be your number one Aussie wrestler to have a pin from? Oh, oh I wonder who. <laughs> There'd be three, I reckon, that I can think of off the top of my head that I would love to have a pin from. Oh, I just thought of something. I'd love, like, some of the companies to do pins of the little championship belts. Yeah, that'd be good. Oh, this is another discussion for a completely other day, but, yeah, championship belts in Aussie wrestling. There are some great designs, and there are some so-so designs. Yeah. Yeah. Heads up for if we ever talk about this in depth on our podcast i am never a fan of when wrestling companies big title isn't gold i hate it i hate it when so you might know what company i'm talking about and it might be my statriotic home company too I think we'll leave it there. I think we've got a a good idea of what to talk about next. (laughs) Yeah, so um, if next month isn't a busy one, look forward to a championship discussion. Oh, yeah. Uh, So from there, I suppose we'll be speaking to you on Wednesday with the wrap and then episode... Episode 7 of... Pretty's Armour Game Show. Pretty's fantastic fun time. The fantasy factory of funness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Pretty's Fantasy Fun Factory is what I've decided to name it. uh, (laughs) Just because I like alliteration. Um, But as we call it, fugs. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it says on the whiteboard. Yep. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and then something that I picked at random that you've shown a lot of interest in. New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom number four from 2010. So pumped. So <laughs> excited for this. Abdullah you... the Butcher versus Terry Funk in the Tokyo Dome. Come on. Have you started? I have not started yet. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, so once... Uh, have you? I have not yet, but I've got my document up ready to start tonight. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, well, chances are, after a heavy weekend of uh, dancing and romancing for our anniversary, I might top off the weekend with some Wrestle Kingdom 4 to really set the mood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so following that review... We'll be announcing what's coming out next for the Australian Review the following month. And I suppose we'll leave it there for now. Uh, Chat to you humans later. Tag team tournament? Who's going to be able to pay for all those guys? Come on.
Cool.